All right, how many of you connect more with the dancers? How many connect more with the animals? Do we have animals or dancers in here? We had, we had a crew dancing in the back this morning. That's fantastic. Well, good morning. It is great to have you here. If you love sunshine, there is an incredible day planned for you. Not that we had anything to do with it. Um, if you don't like heat, if you don't like warm, I got nothing for you. Um, I would just maybe encourage you to go to Cash and Carry, spend some time in the walk-in cooler. I mean, that's about... I think that's your best option today. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to visit something like uh, Cirque du Soleil, or maybe you've been able to watch like a really great artist paint. If you've ever done anything like that, you know the experience that I'm about to describe, where, where you're watching someone, and in those moments, you have this opportunity to witness an individual or, or a group accomplish and perform something that is just astonishing. And it's so astonishing and it's so amazing, but at the same time, because they're so good at it, it almost looks easy. You're watching them and you're like, it almost appears effortlessly. Effort, like there's no effort to do it. And yet at the same time, you know that it's incredibly difficult and it took tons of preparation and lots of effort. And essentially in that moment, we recognize there was this incredible commitment to developing those skills or those abilities. And it's really easy when we see somebody that does that, when it's so remarkable, we become impressed and we're like, I don't know how they're doing it, I don't know how they're making it so easy, but man, that was not the first time they tried that. Countless hours and effort and attempts and practice and planning and revision and mistakes and corrections, and then it happens. And what we've been doing this summer is we've been trying to look closely at what you and I can do as people that believe in Jesus, as people that have said, he is our follower. We're trying to figure out how we can live in such a way that we reflect who he is. Trying to uncover what our lives should look like when we begin to recognize that Jesus is our leader. How you and I can begin to recognize that when we follow our leader, that's the moment when we're doing exactly what we need to be doing. And our goal is to investigate and to discover and look at how we can approach life and how we can look at our relationships and develop the ability to follow our leader in such a way that, that if people were to watch our lives, they might say, it, it almost looks effortless, yet something is happening inside of them. And so what we've been doing is we've been looking at these different areas that Jesus calls us to and that he invites us to follow him. And this morning I want to start to sort of unpack how we can really make that happen in some very specific ways in our lives. I want to break down some things, some actions, some choices that you and I can make that will really allow us to live out and consistently follow the leader. So I don't know if in your life there's ever been a time where, where you were looking at someone that you knew claimed to be a follower of Jesus, and they lived it in such a way that you're like, that almost looks easy, and yet it was so impressive. It almost looked effortless, but you knew that some work had gone into that, and it was astonishing how they were living it out. And when you watch somebody's life who is like that, what we need to understand is recognize that they chose to do some consistent things that oftentimes were little things that they just chose to do consistently. And if that's going to happen in your life, and if that's going to happen in my life, it happens when we embrace the idea that growing as a follower is going to take work. It's not just going to magically happen. It's not just going to, we're not just going to roll out of bed and it's going to work. We actually have to, we have to put some effort into it. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the fact that, that some guys came to Jesus and they asked Jesus, hey, what's the most important commandment? 
And Jesus said, the most important is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment. He then said there's a second commandment that's, that's equal to that, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus explained, this second one is just as great as the first. These are the two great commandments. And then if you were here last week, we talked about the idea that Jesus said that the greatest among us must be a servant. So Jesus has given us the greatest commandment. He told us the way that we can be the greatest is to serve. And this morning we're going to look at a statement, some things that Jesus said that we know or we call the Great Commission. Jesus never called it the Great Commission, but we have titled it that. And it happens, the Great Commission shows up in, in the last moments where Jesus is spending time with his closest followers. It's in the last moments right before he leaves earth and returns to heaven. This is, the, this, is, this is the last time that Jesus gets to speak to the guys that he's been giving, that they've invested their lives, that have been following him. It's sort of like his farewell, like if you're going to do anything, go do this. And so as followers of Jesus, if we're choosing to allow him to be our leader, what we have to recognize is that this great commission not only applied to those individuals that were listening to him on that day, but to us as well. This is the great commission, what we are called to do. One of Jesus' friends, a guy by the name of Matthew, who would have heard him share this, one of the guys that followed him, wrote it down. The verses are going to be on the screen, and they're in your message notes. This is what the great commission says. The great commission says, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is like, get out there. It's not enough just to have a relationship with me. You've got to get out there and let people know about your relationship with me and allow other people to become disciples. Disciples is just another fancy word for follower. Jesus is like, let people know that you are my followers and allow them to be followers. And then Jesus goes on. He says this, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Think there's any chance when he just said, teach them all the commands that they were like, how about just those two really important ones? And Jesus is like, if you do those two, that would be great. Teach them. Help them understand. And if you and I are going to follow the leader, we have to decide to obey. And that includes obeying and following this idea of the Great Commission. When you and I are going to learn to follow the leader and the direction of Jesus, when we begin to choose to do these things, that's when we will discover life to the full, the abundant life that Jesus talks about. And really, when we begin to adopt these things into our lives and the things that we're going to begin to talk about this morning, it will begin to allow our lives to be lived in such a way that when people watch, it will begin to, they'll be able to say, I don't know how they're doing it, but, but that life is impressive and I want to be a part of that. Not that we're trying to impress, but the fact that we will live in such a way that people will be drawn to that. And so beginning this morning, what I want to show with you is I want to show you some ways that you and I can very actively obey and as we do these things in obedience, we can become, we can grow in our ability to follow Jesus and ultimately become a disciple of his. And the reality is what you and I will discover in our lives is that when you and I choose to begin to obey, the more that you obey, the more that you grow. And then the more that you grow, the more obedient you become. See, when we decide to respond to the life that God calls us to, when we begin to, to do those things, it will begin to stretch us. We'll begin to obey, and it will begin to cause us to grow. And then we'll begin to obey, and all of a sudden, we'll, when we obey, we're like, oh, hey, that worked. 
When I, when I did what Jesus told me to do, it worked, and now my life is better. And as a result, we begin to recognize, wow, the more times that I do that, I'm going to follow God's direction. And so then we begin to grow more. And then that growth motivates us to try it again. And now we're like, oh, wait, the last time I was obedient, it worked, and I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to do it again. And the more times we respond to that, the more times we become obedient, we begin to see the value in that obedience And it allows growth to happen, and that growth motivates us again and again to obey and to experience more growth, and then to obey and experience more growth. And that growth just continues to to go again and again, and we begin to follow the leader and begin to discover the abundance of life that comes from that. And our life begins, begins stronger, and we begin to have a deeper connection, and we obey a little bit, and we grow a little bit, and then we obey a little bit more, and then we grow a little bit more. And it starts when in our lives we decide that we're going to follow the great commandments and we're going to love God with all that we have and we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves and we're going to be a great servant to those that are around us and that we're going to adopt and follow the great commission. So it's important for us to know that that Jesus has called us individually to some things. If he's called us to go out and to create disciples and to create people that are following him, we need to know what it looks like for us to be disciples and what it looks like for us to follow him. And so our goal this morning is to help you understand what that can look like for you individually, but also to recognize what I'm going to ask you to do this morning fits exactly within the vision that we have for Silver Creek and our vision statement. Because our goal is to help each of us individually to grow and do do it in this way. The, The Silver Creek's vision is this. Silver Creek's vision is to create opportunities for people to be transformed by God. What we recognize as a church, it's not the church's responsibility to create transformation. God is the one that creates transformation. So it's our job as a church, it's our role as a church to create opportunities for each of us to step into situations where God can bring that transformation. And that growth can begin to happen. And through that obedience, we begin to recognize the transformation that he can bring in our lives. And within that transformation that God begins to bring, we begin to realize the fullness of life that God intends for us to experience. So this morning, I want to talk to you about some little things, some very small things that you can do each and every day. And when you and I begin to do these things repeatedly, when we begin to do them again and again and again, life transformation will undoubtedly happen. And it will give us the strength to follow our leader. And it will allow us to become more and more like him. So the first area of obedience is this, is to be a part of weekly corporate worship. You're doing it! Look at that! You, all, you, you don't even have to feel guilty this morning. You're, you're doing this. Nice work. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Oftentimes with weekly corporate worship, we, we oftentimes are not making it a priority. Oftentimes, weekly worship is just something that we do occasionally, and I realize that I'm a little bit preaching to the choir because you guys have all set time to either show up this morning or you're at home and you're watching, you're, doing, you're, you're a part of it. But what we have to recognize is the value of that, the value of us being a part of corporate worship and making it a priority and making it something that we do and, and not allowing other things to push it out of the way. And I realize right now we are in the middle of a pandemic and I realize there's lots of reasons why it's difficult. And you can watch it at night and you can, I get it. That, but it's gotta become a priority for us. It's gotta be something that, that drives us that we see the value in, that we see the benefit of coming together and, and acknowledging who God is together, to hearing God's word together. 
to be encouraged by the fact that you're in a group of people, that you're in a room of people, that you're watching with a bunch of people online, and you can see that there is more than just yourself that believe in what this is all about and are desiring to follow him. And so beginning to set up that rhythm in your life of weekly being a part of coming together and worshiping God and acknowledging who he is and acknowledging where you're at and the whole part of worship allows us to see where we're at in our place with God, to recognize again that he is God and we are not. Oftentimes we like to get those things backwards and so when we recognize that I am a child of God, I am not in charge of God, God is in charge of me, again and again weekly we need to remind ourselves of that and make it a priority. In Hebrews, we have this reminder. It says this. It says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. It is so easy. It is so easy to write church off. I think you're one screen ahead of me, behind me here. There we go. It's so easy for us to to write church off and just make excuses, and there's so many other opportunities and things that, that climb in and become a priority. But here's the deal. I am convinced that Silver Creek is an incredible place. And I I know you're like, well, you're paid to say that. No, I'm not paid to say that. But really, when we started designing what Silver Creek would look like, our goal was to create a church that we would actually want to attend. And maybe that sounds weird, but I know a lot of pastors that work in churches that if they had the choice, they wouldn't attend it. And so our thought was, hey, how about we work at creating and designing a church that that if we got to choose where we were going to go to church, we would choose to go to church there. Thus, shorts, flips, (laughs) t-shirt. So much of what we do and the way that we do it is because our goal isn't about looking a certain way or doing it a certain way, but ultimately that we create opportunities for people to grow. And so we've tried to design a church and we've tried to create a place where people would have those opportunities to be transformed by God. And if you can't consistently show up, if you can't consistently make it to this church for whatever reason... If for some reason Silver Creek doesn't fit into your schedule or it doesn't fit, find a church that fits. Because it's way more important that you be in church weekly than you be at Silver Creek occasionally. It's way more important that, that you find something that fits your schedule on a consistent basis than just occasionally being at this particular church. So whether it's the wrong time of day the wrong time of the wrong day of the week, find a church that fits. If Silver Creek is too far to drive, find somewhere that's closer. If you don't like the preaching, nah, that's not a thing, right? <laughs> Maybe you don't like the preacher. Whatever it would be, find something that fits. Find something that you connect with because you and I need to find a church that we can be in consistently. And again, I recognize there's a whole pandemic and all of that stuff going on, but that was a struggle even before where church was so easy that coming together each week, there were so many times there was something else to do, something else to do. Ah, we'll get to it. Make it a priority because when you make it a priority, especially if you have kids, you're beginning to help your kids see the value of that. And I realize that it's a voluntary experience. Voluntary experience. Nobody is making you show up unless you live at my house. And if you live in my house, you, you have to show up. You have to be there. 
But for everybody else, it's, it's voluntary. So you have to choose to make it a priority. So I would challenge you, take a moment. Take a moment and recognize and evaluate. On a scale of one to 10, where, where does that rate for you? On a scale of where, one to 10, how valuable do you make weekly corporate worship for yourself? Is that a priority for you? What can you do to allow that to become more important? To recognize the value of what that can be in your life as you, as you learn to follow the leader. Another essential choice that will help us grow is by finding a connect group to join. And we've got some connect groups that are going to be coming out here shortly. But connect groups really are a bit like duct tape. Right? Duct tape will fix anything. You got, you got a leaky faucet? Duct tape. You got a broken tent pole? Duct tape. You bumper fall off your car? Duct tape. Did your kid break their arm? Duct tape, right? Like duct tape will essentially be the answer to everything if that's what, it, it'll fix it all. Connect groups very much work in the same way. If there's an area of your life where you want to grow or develop, find the connect group that is meeting that. If there's a certain way or a certain type of people that you want to know, find the connect group that fits that. If you're at a certain place in life where you need encouragement, where you need something to be spoken into, find that connect group. Connect groups are truly what will speak deeply into our lives that will help us process through each and every situation that we come to. Sunday mornings, this is where we kind of gain the concept, and then in connect groups is where we get to put it into practice. And on Sunday mornings, we don't even have a hope. We don't even have a thought that on Sunday mornings, this is the place where you will make those connections that will be strong and lasting. We, we anticipate you seeing people and waving and high-fiving and, you know, appropriately fist-bumping or, you know, whatever we're supposed to do now, and like all of those things. But the reality is that the two of them have to go hand in hand. We have to be gathering corporately, worshiping each, each week, and then weekly we need to be getting together with a few people and gathering with just a few to encourage with gathering with a few to support and to really begin to live out the truths that we hear on a Sunday morning. Here's what it says in the book of Acts. The book of Acts says this. Uh, it says, And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. Creating and developing those relationships will challenge us. And that happens when we, through repetition and through intentionality, are constantly meeting again and again. And again, and again. And I know right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and I keep bringing that up, but that's, we, that's not our excuse. That can't be our excuse. This is not our forever. And so we have to be anticipating, maybe even before this all happened, you recognize that you were desperately needed for connection and now through the pandemic you're recognizing it even more. And maybe right now, as we're all so separated, it's more important than ever for you to find ways to be connected. And I realize that Zoom is getting old, and it's getting tiring, and I get all that, but we still need those connections. We still need to connect with other people. Because none of us will ever fully discover what God has planned for us if we live in isolation. If we're not pursuing relationships with other people that are headed in the same direction, with people that are trying to accomplish the same thing, that's what allows us to begin to grow and develop even more as we challenge each other. And at some point, if you haven't been able to find a group that fits, if at some point you've never joined a group, then you might have to recognize that you're simply resistant to the idea. 
If no group ever fits, if you never join any group, then you might just be resistant to the idea of connecting in those groups. It might be something that you're just choosing not to be a part of. And so we've got a bunch of groups that are going to roll out. And again, they're going to be different as we kind of deal with pandemics and being able to Zoom. And some of them are going to kind of meet in sort of proximity. Do what you need to do to be a part of that. Because ultimately, connecting with one another, sharing together, and constantly, continually doing that is something that God has called us to do. It's something that needs to be a part of who we are. So we need to worship corporately. We need to join a connect group and create those relationships. And maybe you need to evaluate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. Are you making those a priority? Are you making those something that you're a part of that are allowing and helping you follow the leader? The next thing that we need to do, the next part of this, if we're going to be able to grow, is that we need to daily make time to read the Bible. We need to daily make time to read the Bible. We need to dive into that scripture. We need to make a part of our life. We need to recognize that it's available to us. Every day or so oftentimes we, we watch the news or we listen to the news and the news allows us to hear what's going on in the world. And then we get on Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, whatever social media it is and it allows us to hear about what's going on with our friends. And then we get email where people get to communicate to us directly about whatever it is that they need from us. And then God's word is where we get to hear from God. God's word is where it gets to speak to us directly. So we have our news that tells us about what's going on in the world, and we have social media which tells us what's going on with our families and then we have, or with our friends, and then we have email which speaks to us directly, and then we go to the book of Psalms which tells us what God's word does for us. God's word does this. Psalm says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet, and a light for my path. And oftentimes in our lives, we have this idea, we have this concept that we have life pretty much figured out. We have this idea that we know how to go from here or there, whatever, and we we think we know how to do the things that we need to do. And so sometimes we're like, oh, I don't really need a lamp. I don't really need a light. I've got this pretty well figured out, and so it sort of becomes something that we're not too concerned with. In our, in our home, uh, my wife, for the previous 10 years, she just got a new job, but for about six months, about six months ago, she transitioned to a new job. But the 10 years prior to that, uh, Julie, in great dedication to our family, worked as a barista at Starbucks. Um, and she was often getting these super early morning shifts, so that meant she was starting at like 3 a.m. in the morning. So basically, just about two hours after I went to bed, she was getting up. So what that meant is, oftentimes, when I would come to bed, or when I would get, come into the room at night, the room would be completely dark, and it would, but I knew where, I know where everything is at in our room, right? I could tell you that there's a dresser over here, and then there's the bed here, and then there's another dresser over here, and there's a nightstand here, and then we've got another set of dressers here, and we've got our laundry hamper. I know where the room is at, so coming in the room in the dark is really not a big deal. Really not a problem. Other than I have discovered every single one of our dressers with my toe. (laughs) One night I actually was walking to get into bed and literally tripped myself into bed. Like it caught me before I was anticipating it, caught me right at the shins and I just fell into bed. Which if you're my wife and you have to get up in two hours, you're like, what are you doing? (laughs) One night I went to take off my socks, so I reached over to pull off my sock, and I leaned right into my dresser. I just like, dunk! Did that one time. 
Now I always check. Then another time to help even out the bruise that I had on the front of my head, um, I was sitting down in the middle of my bed and I just fell back, but apparently I was closer to the headboard and I discovered why they call it a headboard and just clunked my head. I fall asleep pretty quick after these things. But again and again, I've discovered maybe a little light would help out. Maybe a headlamp or maybe something to give me some direction. And in your life and in my life, it's so easy for us to think, well, I know how everything goes and I know where this is at and I know where this is at and I know how to do that and I know how to navigate it. I don't need God's word. I think I'll be able to. And maybe we would never actually say we don't need God's word but we don't live, we don't handle it in a way that we desperately need God's word. And we don't consistently make it a a choice to allow it to be the light to our feet and a lamp to our path that we need it to be. And I think I got those backwards, but I think it still works. A lamp for our feet, a light for our path. It doesn't matter. Somehow illuminate where you're going. And God's word wants to be that for us. It wants to allow us to know where we're going to go next. And if we're not spending time in God's word consistently, it can't do what it needs to do. And so in your life, we need to find time. We need to make it a priority. And right now, there, there's, there's been no easier time in the history of the world to read your Bible than right now. There's so many different ways. I mean, you can just get a physical Bible, Right? You, you, can, you can go online and go to Bible.com, an amazing resource. You can use the, associ- the, uh, the app that's connected to that called YouVersion. And they've got reading plans, and they've got reminders, and they've got all these tools, all these things that will help you read through your Bible. We have a connect group that's actually reading through the Bible in a year, and you can sign up for that and be a part of that. And on Facebook, they're encouraging each other and challenging each other and sharing verses that they're reading. If in your life you were deciding that you were just going to read the, the Bible, your Bible five more minutes a day than you're currently reading it, and, and my guess is that for many of us, for many of you, in the, you're, you're currently reading at it about zero, so, so five more minutes a day would be an amazing improvement. And if you were to read your Bible five more minutes a day for the next year, you would read your Bible for about 30 hours this next year. Daily illuminating your path, daily providing light for where you're going to walk. Reading the Bible daily will transform your life. Also, what will bring transformation to our lives is to learn to continually talk with God in our heart and our mind. And in so many ways, we have decided to make prayer really, really complicated. Like, where are you going to pray, and how are you going to pray, and what's the model that you're going to pray through? I want to read a verse to you that's going to look like we're actually going to try and make prayer more difficult, but I think we can actually discover that this will actually make it simpler and begin to talk with God in our heart and our mind throughout the day. Listen to what was written to one of the early churches. It says this. It says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, I realize that many of you are thinking, like, I can't even find 10 minutes a day to pray. Or sometimes I can't even remember to pray each day, and now what we're supposed to do is pray all the time? Consistently? It's going to make it a little difficult to concentrate at work. If you go to the gym and you're working out, it'll be a little less productive. Like, Jesus, I love you. 
Your friends are going to be confused in the middle of conversations when you just drop a random amen. <laughs> if you're committed to the whole idea of praying with your eyes closed, driving will become dangerous. Just use the bumps. <laughs> Sorry, just praying. Clearly, we're like, how is that possible? How do we pray all the time? But the deal, it must be possible. It must be possible because God wouldn't call us to do something that was impossible. His goal is not to frustrate us. So maybe what this means and maybe what we're being called to is, is to take our thoughts consistently, whatever it is that you're already thinking at work or whatever it is that you're already focusing while you're working out or in that conversation with a friend or times when you're driving down the road, literally anything that you're doing, what the thought process that you're already having, you're going to invite God to be a part of that process. It's not new stuff. It's just taking the same stuff and saying, God, here's what I'm thinking about now. God, this is what I'm considering here. God, I'm right now, I'm really working hard to be healthy. God, I'm really working hard to take care of this body that you've given me. God, I'm going to engage in a, relation, or a conversation with my friends. Would you help these words to be encouraging and beneficial to them? And maybe even share with them what you're doing in my life. It's a decision to say, God, I'm going to allow you to be a part of all of the thoughts and all of the things that I'm thinking, and I'm going to direct them towards you. Here's one of the tips that I've, I came up with. I don't even know where I came up with this years ago. I've shared it a couple times, and I've had a couple people that told me they'd done this, and it's changed their day dramatically. Essentially, what we did is they, we set a reminder for the top of each hour. So every hour, you get a little reminder. You create it on your phone for every hour, just a little reminder. Pray, 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 pray. And then take the next couple of moments when you get that reminder and just speak to God about whatever is going on in that moment. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're working through, include God in your thoughts in that moment and set for yourself the desire to include God in all of your thoughts for the rest of that hour. And more than likely, over the next little bit, over the, for the first five minutes, you'll be really focused, and then about 15 minutes later, you'll forget. But no problem, because in 45 minutes, you're going to get a little reminder. Pray. Oh, oh yeah. God, how do I involve you in then? And you don't have to continue that through the night. I don't think that's what God is talking about. Doubt that's what he had in mind. But remind yourself. Again, we have so much technology that we can utilize to remind ourselves, yep, pray. Yep, pray. Yep, pray. And then the last way that you and I can really begin to develop the life of following the leader and develop this amazing, awesome life that God has called us to is to commit to serving at least monthly at Silver Creek. Now, the reason that I'm saying commit to serving monthly at Silver Creek is because I'm assuming most of you attend Silver Creek. And if you happen to be visiting today or you're watching online and you go to another church, just add your church's name to the end of that. And your pastor can send me a thank you note later. But wherever you're connected, you need to be serving. You need to be giving yourself to allow that particular group, that body that you're a part of, to get beyond its own walls and to serve the people that are a part of that and to do something that's not for your own benefit but for the benefit of others. And something dynamic and powerful will happen in your life. When you give of yourself, not for yourself. Something changes in the way that nothing else can change us. Because suddenly life is not all about me. Suddenly life is not all about my own whatever it would be, but now my efforts are about other people. And we begin to notice that our service is allowing other people's lives to be transformed. And when we begin to serve other people, our perspective changes in so many ways. 
Here's what the Bible says about this. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us as means of helping the entire church. You have something unique to offer. You have something unique to contribute, to give, to be involved with. You have something that only you can bring. And there are lots of ways to get plugged in. There are lots of areas where, where your help would be beneficial. And again, we're in the middle of a pandemic and say, I can't serve. Yeah, yeah, we can find ways. And again, maybe the, maybe the idea is that you just decide, I am so committed that when this whole thing gets done or when we can start to, I will serve. I will find a way to be a benefit to others, to serve others and recognize that as we serve others, God will transform something in our hearts. And maybe you find ways to serve behind the scenes or maybe you find ways to, maybe you love to study and you need, love to learn and so you're gonna study and learn and pass that on and you're gonna help lead a connect group. Whatever it would be, maybe you're going to help us make coffee, maybe you're going to greet people, whatever. There's so many different ways for people to get involved, and obviously right now it's tricky, but you can just let us know that when you guys, when you open back up, or if there's a need in the middle of the week, there's still weeds to be pulled, there's still things that need to be painted, there's still setup that happens. And if you're eager or ready to serve, put that on your Connect card, and we will find ways for you to be a part of that. But ultimately, when you and I choose to begin to do these things, and we begin to choose to follow the leader, we are in that process allowing God to bring transformation to our lives that will allow us to grow as we follow the leader, that will allow us to become all that God has called us to be. And it happens when we decide to worship corporately each week, and when we take the time and the effort to find a connect group, and when we read our Bible every day, and we find ways to continually be in conversation with God and we commit to serving on a consistent basis. And each and every week we put on the, in the message notes and on the connect cards ways for you to take your next step. Some things that you can do to consistently help yourself grow. Ultimately this week, and as we talk about this, learning how to follow the leader. So what's your next step? Maybe your next step is to commit to consistently joining Sunday services. Right now, maybe it's online, maybe it's showing up here on a Sunday morning. Maybe your next step is to determine that you will join a connect group or an event when they come back out. Maybe your next step is to develop a daily Bible reading plan. Maybe your next step is to establish a time where you will pray each hour for at least one minute. And maybe it's time for you to indicate that you're interested in serving at Silver Creek. Whatever it is, I would just challenge you to respond to what Jesus is saying to you. Recognize that he's giving you the opportunity to follow him, to be your leader, and that these are the things that he calls us to do that will transform our hearts and help us to become more like him. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you that throughout your word, you, you lay out for us what we can do and the things that we can choose to make a part of our lives that will help us to grow, that will help us to become more and more like you, that will equip us with the ability to follow you as our leader, to recognize that you've called us to help make disciples, to help them understand how to obey, help them understand what it looks like to follow you. And God, a huge part of that is for us to begin to do that in our own individual lives so that we can ultimately be an example of what it looks like to be in relationship with you. Give us the energy, give us the dedication, give us the desire to grow. We love you, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Again, we